to get used to Dr. Malcolm. He suffers from a deplorable excess of personality, especially for a mathematician. Chaotician, chaotician, actually. John doesn't subscribe to chaos, particularly when it has to say about his little science project. Odd swallow, Ian. You've never been able to sufficiently explain your concern. Oh, John, 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 because the behavior of the system in phase space, a load, if I may say so, of fashionable number crunching. That's right. Do as you wouldn't do that. Dr. Sattler, Dr. Grant, you've heard of you've heard of chaos theory? No. No, nonlinear equations. Strange attractors. Dr. Sattler, I I refuse to believe that you aren't familiar with the concept of attraction. <laughs> I bring scientists, you bring a rock star. Finds a way. This week, a movie based on a Michael Crichton book, and it's not Congo. Oh, sorry, kids. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm joined by Jim. Hey, now. I got like a sinus thing going on. Dude, my voice is still not all there from our trip this week, and we'll talk about later, but yeah, yeah I'm still tired. I went from, uh, from Oklahoma, and I got home Wednesday evening, and then we left early Friday morning, yeah. so I was home for, I don't know, 30 hours or something, <laughs> and... A long, hot weekend. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's impossible when I travel airports, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, the whole I'm campaigning. Uh, <laughs> and now it's 60 degrees out and it's raining. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, um, it's perfect. For today, but don't, I don't want to switch to this yet. No. So this movie has kind of just been laying around this whole time waiting for us to talk about it. It's 1993's Jurassic Park. Yeah. Directed by the master Steven Spielberg in his most financially successful movie. Before we get started, I'm going to say we could probably do like eight or 12 hours on this movie. No, definitely. Just based on the amount of information surrounding it, but we are not that podcast. So we will do the condensed version. So if we missed something, we'll say it was by design. It was left on the uh, yeah. cutting room table for extra, possibly later. Yes. Even before the Crichton novel was officially published film studios were in a bidding war for the adaptation Steven Spielberg along with Universal Pictures scored the film rights for 1.5 million dollars a drop in the pants Spielberg learned about the idea while developing a script with Crichton of what would become the TV series ER my personal favorite at the time it was going to be a movie did you know that no I did not Steven Spielberg was making a movie that would have been ER ER the movie but then it just became Jurassic Park well it became <laughs> are the series. I love doctors, uh, but I also like dinosaurs. At the time, and then Crichton was hired and paid $500,000 to adapt the screenplay, which was part of the deal. So like whoever bought the rights had to also bring Crichton on to write the screenplay. I think that was the deal. But the final treatment was done by David Kep, who removed a lot of the violence and rewrote most of the characters. James Cameron actually had a planned bid, but missed out by a few hours as Spielberg's bid was accepted 
accepted. Although Cameron said Steve was the better man for the job because Cameron would have kept in a lot of the violence from the novel. So Jurassic Park, I think, worked and was so successful because it appealed to an entire family audience. Yeah, it would have been different if the kids all of a sudden started getting murdered. I think James Cameron would have just like torn people apart with dinosaurs. So it takes a big man to admit that because Spielberg pocketed over $250 million from his directing salary and share of box office. Smart man. Huge money. If you've never seen Jurassic Park, it has a ton of cultural importance on filmmaking. What's wrong with you? That's the real question. Stan Winston and Industrial Light and Magic used life-size animatronics along with, at the time, groundbreaking CGI. DTS, which you probably know is the like movie theater film surround sound company. DTS was created for this film. The sound they wanted didn't exist prior to Jurassic Park. So they made it. So they made it. And then there was a $65 million marketing campaign with licensing deals linked to over 100 companies, the scale of which would be duplicated by summer blockbusters for the next several years. Wait a minute. Real quick, Kevin. $65 million marketing campaign. Yeah. Is it 65 because it was 65 million years since the dinosaurs were around? The marketing included McDonald's dino-sized meals and three video games, which I'm assuming is Sega. Imagine you wake up in Jurassic Park and you're a raptor. You have sharp teeth and seven-inch claws, and since you've been extinct for 65 million years, you'd be in a really bad mood. Super Nintendo, Nintendo. Sega CD. I was thinking Game Boy, but yeah, was there Game Boy? I I don't know. There was a 3DO one, but they were interactive adventures. Come see the park. Not a game. It was horrible. One of the things I loved about the marketing is the trailers only giving glimpses of the dinosaurs. So you had to see the movie to get the full reveal. And this was like early internet. So there weren't spoilers online. At least I don't remember. I don't remember them at all. Being like, we didn't have internet in 93. I'm going to go on, uh, you know, Kazan. I'm going to download a dinosaur (laughs) reveal from. So the movie filmed primarily in Kauai in Hawaii, but they had to work around Hurricane and Nikki, which destroyed some of their sets, causing some scenes to be removed altogether or rewritten, including one of Samuel L. Jackson being chased and killed. Oh, that would have been awesome to see. A motherfucking shark ate me. (laughs) I will out myself here, and Jim, you may be surprised by this. I will say that despite my childhood love for dinosaurs and only being nine when this movie came out, wasn't that huge of a fan of Jurassic Park. Really? Yeah, like even to this day. I was blown away. I don't dislike it. It's pretty good. Jeff Goldblum is a revelation. Yeah. But I've never shared the same enthusiasm for Jurassic Park as like the masses for whatever reason. So do you put this literally just as a fine on your scale then or this is better than fine? It's better than fine. Okay. It's a good movie. It's just, it just never pushed my button. You saw it and you're like, okay, that's really great. I appreciate it for what it is, but I'm like, I don't need to run out and get the game. And I don't know why. I'm not sure because like I knew people who were like gung ho, gung ho, like really made it their personality to like uh, Jurassic Park. When I was a kid, when I was a little boy, I always wanted to be a dinosaur. I wanted to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex more than anything in the world. I made my arms short, and I roamed the backyard, and I, I chased the neighborhood cats, and I growled, and I roared. Everybody knew me and was afraid of me. 
I just for whatever reason, just not. It's great. It's yeah. good. Steven Spielberg, he's awesome. But it just, it's like missing like heart for me or something. Okay. Like it's a great, the di- dinosaurs look awesome. The chase scenes are great. The action's good. Sam Neill's whatever. But like, <laughs> that's better than nothing. Yeah, I kind of wonder if maybe they'd put somebody a little bit more charismatic. In they probably the- could have also saved some money on Sam Neill. No disrespect. Well, we're going to get into yeah. some, some casting choices here in a moment. Jim, we know the answer, but I had to write something. So did audiences agree with me? Please give us budget and box office along with news and number ones at time of release. From WUAB Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. Jurassic Park, the masterpiece, the everything, the revelation. The dinosaurs came alive on June the 11th, 1993. So this is what shocked me. Only a $63 million budget. And before I give you the final number, what it made, it had a box office weekend record at the time of $502 million at the very end when Jurassic Park walked away from the movie theaters and into our hearts. It made $1.046 billion. And this had a couple re-releases and stuff. Couple, too. yeah. Special Which edition. they count that. I wish they yeah, wouldn't. I hate but that shit. Kevin, I remember sometimes, you know, you go see Jurassic Park or any other movie in 1990. Jurassic Park. Parker. That's Peter Parker's alternate character where he's half spider, half dinosaur. Oh, cool. After you watch Jurassic Park, you become Jurassic Parker. <laughs> you want to watch more movies, but you're at the mall. Where do you go? Suncoast Motion Picture Company. Here are some of your top sellers at Suncoast. Hundreds of other titles are on sale now at Suncoast. Here's a very disappointing one. Maybe it's not so controversial, but it's my opinion. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Ooh. Which feudal Japan saw it once. I'm good. And they also had like freckles and shit yeah. like that. I no, I'm good. A time travel thing. I didn't like home alone Two. I did like, mm-hmm. which is really good. Lost in New York, a hidden gem. Maybe we will cover it on this podcast. One of these days, Michael Douglas, Robert Duvall falling down. Oh defense that's the fucking when he goes into the fast food joint and literally holds him at gunpoint because he just wants a simple item he points to the board and says how come it never looks like that <laughs> he did what every one of us think and feel and yeah. he did it on the screen which is awesome well if you're going to suncoast i hope you called your credit card company and asked them to increase your credit limit oh my god can you remember 45 dollar dvd i think i might have talked my mom into getting me halloween havoc 92 on vhs which those were expensive enough i I think I talked to her and it was like thirty four ninety five yeah. for a VHS. Suncoast, you know, I, I know you posted some on the social media. Sun, yeah. Suncoast, great place to go and look around. You look. Window shop, <laughs> hang out, you know, but then when it comes to actually buying something, no. Here's the it. problem with Suncoast, and you had to plan it strategically at the mall. You either go to Suncoast first, or you enjoy the mall, spend money, and then go to Suncoast just to look. Because if you go straight to Suncoast, the mall's done. You're just going to be smoking in the pits all day long. <laughs> so while watching this movie, if you're at a drive-in you know back in the day you go to the drive-in the Elmrow drive-in Skyway drive-in locally as well you want to kind of smuggle in some snacks you don't want to buy the concession stand stuff because now you kind of have to or they I think you have to pay a food fee yeah. when you, they check your car like you're an East German at a checkpoint but back in the day you might have smuggled in some Zima yeah remember Melody Pops no remember they were like a harder type candy but you could play notes on them because they were like pink it was really cool you can make Melody notes but you also saw on them. 
So it was a nice candy. Little hug fruit barrels. Weirdly enough, got some in my fridge. Shark bites. Yep. Maybe some Coors OG. And of course, Flintstone push-ups for dessert. And Flintstone's vitamins. (laughs) Feel good the next day after you've drank a bunch of Zima. Zima and some Melody Pops. Take your Flintstone's vitamins so you're feeling (laughs) all right. So on to the news, Kevin. We had a momentous occasion that happened in 1993. I think it's something you're going to be very excited about. There was the 27th annual Country Music Awards, Kevin. Some guy won for some song. People started looking at me different, put me up on this pedestal like I was some kind of saint or something, you know, and I was like, man, I'm just a saint or simple song. Mr. Alan Jackson, the guy who's been with this podcast since season one, makes a return this episode for winning for the song. We've brought this up. You brought this up when we did the Country Music pool check he wins for don't rock the jukebox remember you like don't rock the jukebox it's an interesting song let me tell you the video is very interesting but sticking with music kurt what's up I'm Kurt Loder with an MTV News Brief. Prince, or the artist formerly known as Prince, officially changes his name to a symbol, which I remember that made news like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to call you now? You're, hey, cross guitar guy. The artist. The artist. Not Prince Iakea, unfortunately. Into the news, Kevin, the 66th National Spelling Bee. One of my favorite summer things to do. Mostly it's because of me yelling at the kids on the screen. Did someone have to spell Iakea? No, but... Weirdly enough, Jeff Hooper spelled G-E-O-F-F, G-O-F, wins by spelling kamikaze. Wow. You hear these words now, it's like cornopiscopopia, and then they, they win it with that. This kid won with kamikaze. How did he ask to use that in a sentence? He had to have, and I hope they did it right and not like, hey, made it a World War II thing. Yeah. One woman became infamous, Lorena Bobbitt, hacks off her husband's dick. They found it in the field. They never find mine. <laughs> That mine's it's locked in the Shire behind bushes. Late night with David Letterman airs its final show on NBC. And in just two months later becomes the late show on CBS. David Letterman greatest of all time. Would you say? Yeah. I like him and Conan are probably my one yep. too. I was young with Johnny Carson. So I watched a little Johnny Jay Leno. You just find out. I like you? the headlines. Yeah. Everything else. Jay Leno sucks. Yeah. And I'm embarrassed to say this. There was a point in my life when I thought iron Jay was hilarious. And I'm so fucking embarrassed to admit that. I was like, he just did a camera effect and he was not that funny. But one guy who was funny was George Michael. What's up, George? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. And welcome to the sports machine. Got a lot of sports this week. Kevin Phoenix. Sun guard Dan Thunder Marley sets an NBA playoff record by sinking eight three-pointers during the Suns' 121-14 win over the Seattle Supersonics and gave him five of the Western Conference Final. I love Thunder Dan, former Cavalier, very underrated player, and we need to bring back the Seattle Supersonics. Immediamente. Get them an arena. Let's get this going. Kevin, what they are your... They have an arena. Need a franchise. That's a good point. I don't know why is Seattle... they built the arena for the Kraken. Oh, that's right. They do. So they can share the arena with the Kraken, but they just need a franchise. And at this point, without expansion, you have to, because I don't know if the NBA would want to add two teams because you'd have to probably add four or six. I don't know. Yeah. Why not give them a Vegas team at this point? Well, yeah, they could do a Vegas team, but then, you know, I I don't know. I don't know if there's any candidates to be moved, but yeah, probably not. Probably. Yeah. You would have to do a two team expansion. But Kevin, one of your favorite world sports, cricket's ball of the century. 
century, Australian spin bowler Shane Warren bowls England batsman Mike Gatting with his first ball of an Ashes series. Australia wins first test at Old Trafford by 179 runs. If any of you pool seniors out there could translate that for us, and, uh, I would greatly appreciate it. I think you just ordered a coffee. I think I might. Like, what's first test? What's an Ashes series? I remember American Gladiators did an Ashes series. I don't uh, know if that Yesterday means- I watched Hot Shots Part 2. <laughs> And I forgot that at the end, they do, in the final sequence, they do an eliminator thing with American really? Gladiators. Yeah. I, don't, I haven't seen Ramada, that Because Charlie Sheen's character, Topper. Topper is, Harley. Topper Harley. He's, he starts sleeping with a new woman. And the woman and Ramada do, like, an eliminator. Like, literally, American Gladiators. They do a whole sequence. God, I haven't seen that movie in years. Did it hold up at all? or Yes and no. I mean, that did it ever really hold up? Yeah, no, it's, it's like schlock. Yeah, it's just like a parody schlock movie. But, like, all the shit with the T2 Saddam Hussein. That's right. Where he gets like frozen and he, you know, he reforms with the dog. I mean, it's stupid, but it's, it's fine. And finally in sports, doubles become the first team since the legendary Boston Celtics of the sixties to win three consecutive NBA titles with a 99 98 victory in game six over the Suns. Jordan becomes the MVP for the third straight year. I'll never forget. I still have it somewhere recorded on cassette when John Paxson hit that three in the four. You ever recorded on cassette? Yeah. Just the audio? I mean, sorry, shit. I'm sorry. VHS. I have a record on VHS. Yes, I do have the audio of the end credits to that because they played the outfields winning it all. Yeah. Because I always thought, totally in the minority here, that winning it all was better than we are the champions. I don't know why. I just think maybe it's the way they produced it. Between Round Ball Rock in the outfield, I'm all Round set. Ball Rock is like up there with a Game Boy Robocop theme. It's just like one of the, so good. the best songs that wasn't intended to be like a commercial song. And it's John Tesh. Yeah, John Tesh on <laughs> Round Ball Rock. Entertainment Tonight's own. Fucking kills it. God damn it. I can't think of a better theme song for, and it's not even a TV show, it's literally literally just a sports show. That's yeah. it. The number one television show in June of 1993 was Murphy Brown. The number one movie was Sylvester Stallone and Cliffhanger. We've talked about uh-huh. this, maybe eventually covering that. And let me give you the top five songs on the Billboard charts for June of 1993. Coming in at number five, Have I Told You Lately by Rod Stewart. Number four, Freak Me by Silk. Number three, hell yeah, I love this one. Knocking to Boots by H-Town. Nice. Number two, Week by SWV, and the number one song in America. Janet Jackson's That's the Way Love Goes. That was a hell of a tour. Janet Jackson, Rod Stewart, SWV, Shy, and H Town. It's the best ever. And that's all that was going on in June of 1993. All right, let's take a helicopter to Plot Island. There it is. The student named John Hammond, 
he has like in secret created a theme park full of living dinosaurs on a tropical island near Costa Rica named Isla Nublar. The dinosaurs were cloned from DNA samples from mosquitoes preserved in amber. Dino DNA. When a velociraptor kills an employee, the park's lawyer, Donald Gennaro, on behalf of the park's investors, decides that there must be a safety certification to move forward with opening Jurassic Park. Gennaro, the lawyer, invites chaotic, how do we say this? <laughs> Chaosetician, chaotician, I don't know what he is. I think you're right, a chaosetician. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. something, whatever. Professor so, of chaos. Professor, there, there Professor Chaos from <laughs> South Park. <laughs> Ian Malcolm and Hammond invites a paleontologist, Alan Grant, and his partner, paleobotanist, Ellie Sattler. Upon helicopter arrival to the island, they are blown away, not literally, but figuratively, to see living dinosaurs. The most advanced amusement park in the entire world, incorporating all the latest technologies, and I'm not talking just about rides, everybody has rides. No, we've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. So what are you thinking? We're out of a job. Don't you mean extinct? Because like Hammond doesn't like tell them why he like basically he's just like, look, I'll fund your research for three years. At lunch, the group debate the ethics of cloning, ultimately with the majority agreeing that what Hammond has done is immoral and dangerous. Don't you see the danger, uh, John, inherent? in what you're doing here. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a, a kid that's found his dad's gun. It's hardly appropriate to start hurling generalizations. If I may, um, I'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're, that you're using here. Uh, it didn't require any discipline to attain it. You know, you read what others had done and you, and you took the next step. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't take any responsibility for it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you even knew what you had, you you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. You're selling. After lunch, they leave for a tour, but it's cut short due to a tropical storm. Yeah, he says something like, "Doesn't he say like, I should have built this in Orlando?" <laughs> Meanwhile, Jurassic Park has an employee programmer named Dennis Nedry, who has been bribed by Hammond's rival to steal dinosaur embryos. For Nedry to do this, he disables a number of park systems, including cutting power to gates, freeing the dinosaurs. Because I'm, I'm going up the machine. I thought maybe, you know, I, I'd get somebody something. Because I've had all these sweets, and I think I'm going to get something salty. I thought maybe somebody would go. Oh, uh, I uh, finished debugging the phones. Uh... I, you know, I was gonna do, but I, so I did. I, I, you know, told me that, so I, I debugged the phones, and uh, I thought maybe uh, I should tell you that the uh, system is gonna be uh, compiling for uh, 18 to 20 minutes. So some of the minor systems they might go on and off for a while, but it's nothing to worry about. It's just a simple thing. Nedry's killed by a Dilophosaurus. Hammond's nephews are attacked by a T-Rex but they live. That T-Rex injures Ian Malcolm and then eats Gennaro. Alan Grant escapes with the nephews, Lex and Tim. Sattler goes with the island's game warden to search for survivors. They find Ian Malcolm. Grant and the kids spend the night in a tree, and it's near here that Grant discovers broken shells of dinosaur eggs. Despite all the dinosaurs being engineered to be female, they have been breeding. Yeah. Which is where the life finds a way quote comes from. John, the kind of control you're attempting is... uh... It's not possible. Listen, if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life 
breaks free, it expands to new territories, and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but, uh, well, there it is. There it is. You're implying that a group composed entirely of female animals will breed? No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. The conclusion being that gaps in DNA were filled with frog DNA, but some species of frog can change their sex when necessary, and then dinosaurs must have inherited this trait. The rest of the movie involves all of our main characters being stalked by raptors. They managed to reboot the whole system to the park. Hammond, his nephews Grant, Sattler, and Malcolm all survive and are picked up via helicopter, leaving the island while dinosaurs stay behind and fight each other. Hammond, after careful consideration, I've decided not to endorse your park. So have I. So characters, Sam Neill as Dr. Alan Grant, originally offered to William Hurt, who turned it down. Could see that. Kurt Russell and Richard Dreyfus, but both were decided to be too expensive, which is weird because the role was also offered to Harrison Ford and consistent pool scene podcast casting option in every movie, Tim Robbins. Of course it's Tim Robbins. Yeah. Could you imagine Kurt Russell, though, as Alan Grant? Kurt Russell, no. Richard Dreyfus, yes. Yeah. Harrison Ford, no. Tim Robbins, yes. But I think if you have Richard Driveson, you have to recast Ellie yeah. Sadler. You have to. You need an yeah. older woman. Right. Laura Dern, who played Dr. Ellie Sadler. Jeff Goldblum is Dr. Ian Malcolm. Jim Carrey auditioned. Oh, they loved him. Really? Is but, he Malcolm? But their hearts were just set on Jeff Goldblum. You know what? Good. Yeah. That's great. I love Jim Carrey. Don't get me wrong. I can see but it. I can see Jim Carrey in this role. Could you? I can't. Be more can, of a sarcastic, serious guy? I think so. I, but I can see it. But I, I think Goldblum. You know what saved it, though? If Jim Carrey would have done this, though, this was before Ace Ventura. This was before The Mask. Yeah. Maybe I think that would have worked then. It changed his career. Who knows? Could have. No I mean, Batman. His career was fine. But yeah. Richard Adams. Attenborough as Dr. John Hamm. And the funny thing is Attenborough wasn't that much of an actor, but he had beaten Steven Spielberg for directing Oscar best picture at yeah. the Oscars. So Bob Peck is Robert Muldoon. B.D. Wong is Dr. Henry Wu, who he's very high build in this movie, but he has like one line. But he becomes more of a character as the Jurassic Park yeah, slash Jurassic World. Yeah, because he stayed on. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson is Ray Arnold. Wayne Knight is Dennis Nedry. And the kids. Yeah, the kids i think the girl went on to do some things she retired from acting pretty quickly okay yeah her name's ariana Richards. that's it i won't even do which oh, actor- angus she was an angus she was an angus yeah, yeah melissa La fever uh which actor actress gives past performance day non-lead character steal scenes i'm not even gonna do it because it's it's gold it's goldblum it's ian malcolm he's incredible him laying there with the shirt open when he's injured this is just a delay that's all it is all major theme parks have delays when they opened Disneyland in 1956, nothing worked. Yeah, but John, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the Pirates don't eat the tourists. He just has the perfect line delivery at yes. any given time if you need that sarcasm. Him flirting with Dr. Sattler. When he does the drops of water, yeah. like down her wrist. Yep. Now, let's say a drop of water falls on your hand. Which way is the drop going to roll off? Over the finger or over the thumb or the other uh-huh. Okay. Right. Okay, now freeze your hand, freeze your hand. Don't move. I'm gonna do the same thing. Start with the same same place again. Right. Which way is gonna roll off? Let's say back. Same way. Same way. Same way. Same way. <gasps> Why? Because tiny variations uh the, the orientation of the hairs on your hands. Hey Alan, look at this. Um the amount of blood distending your vessels, imperfections in the skin. 
I'll go back to the skin. Microscopic, microscopic. Uh -huh. And never repeat and vastly affect the outcome. That's what? Unpredictability. All right. There. Look at this. See? See? I'm right again. Nobody could have predicted that Dr. Grant would suddenly, suddenly jump out of a moving vehicle. Alan? There's uh, another example. <laughs> see? Here I am now by myself. Uh, uh, talking to myself. That's that's chaos, dude. And you just see the look on Alan's face. And he face. jumps out of the moving. <laughs> he does. It's so good. God. All right. Let's get into best scenes and prefacing best scenes. I will say the John Williams score, one of the best oh, scores ever. By far. It's so great. There's he, a reason why John Williams is a fucking and legend. John Williams was just like, I just imagined what it would be like to see dinosaurs in person. And he just and created he just that. created that amazing score. Oh, it's so good. So right off the bat, we have to just do the welcome to draft. Park. Yes. How fast are they? Well, we clocked the T-Rex at 32 miles an hour. T-Rex? Mm-hmm. You said you've got a T-Rex? Uh-huh. Say again. <laughs> we have a T-Rex. Oh. Put, your, put your head between your knees. <laughs> Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sutton, welcome to Jurassic Park. Alan just stands up and he's before he sees the brontosaurus, he leans down to grab Ellie and pulls her up. And yeah. then you see it. Yes. We're talking 1993 in 2023. It still yeah. looks amazing. It looks it's, better than modern CGI. God yeah. damn. I remember being an 11 year old kid when this came out and just my jaw was on. Yeah. I think it's a, a Brachiosaurus and it is. they see it when they get out of the Jeep and then you've got the John Williams score because they land in the helicopter yeah. and they see that. And then the scene ends with the welcome to Jurassic Park. As he's like limping yeah. up, it's like, oh, Hammond, you SOB. So good. I have the Mr. D. DNA animation. Oh, Mr. DNA, where did you come from? From your blood. Just one drop of your blood contains billions of strands of DNA, the building blocks of life. A DNA strand like me is a blueprint for building a living thing. And sometimes animals that went extinct millions of years ago, like dinosaurs, left their blueprints behind for us to find. This was a clever screenwriting trick. Crichton's screenplay had tons of exposition in spoken character lines. So from estimation, this Mr. DNA animation took 25 minutes out of the movie and condensed it into like a two minute cartoon because they present this as a ride. So basically yeah. you sit in like theater seating. It's an easy way to learn, especially if yeah. you're a kid. So they show you like how they created dinosaurs and get you up to speed. But telling you in this animation, very smart how Spielberg did it because yeah. otherwise you would have had 25 minutes of characters just telling each other the same stuff. shit. Yeah. So my next one, we have to go to Goldblum. They're on the tour. They're parked in front. I shouldn't say, well, they're parked because the damn thing shuts down because the systems are messed up. They're sitting there for hours and just sitting and sitting. And all of a sudden in their Ford Explorers, which at the time I was like, oh my God, they got a glass roof. How yeah. cool is this? And then they're just sitting there and waiting. And all of a sudden Jeff Goldblum notices the camera staring at me. He knocks on it. Uh, not now, eventually, you do plan to have dinosaurs on your on your dinosaur tour, right? Hello? Hello? Yes? I really hate that man. And it's that perfect moment that breaks the tension and Goldblum just delivers that line. He does so many of these lines throughout the film. This was one of them. I have, that is one big pile of shit. Oh, yeah. 
That is one big pile of shit. So there's a sick triceratops and Ellie's like, she's in like heaven. This is her moment. She's trying to figure out what plant life, because basically a lot of this movie is, is the three doctors telling him and how stupid he is. Yeah. Because he just created these dinosaurs. Like, but even like how they, the plants and stuff they use, they just planted a bunch of non-native plants. Is this West Indian lilac? Yes. We know they're toxic, but the animals don't eat them. You sure? Pretty sure. There's only one way to be positive. I'd have to see the dinosaurs dropping. Dino. Dropping? Dropping? She's trying to heal this sick triceratops, but she just goes arm deep into this giant, what she calls droppings, but she just goes like arm deep into this pile of shit to figure out if if she can see what the thing's eating. And then that's actually how everyone gets separated because she stays behind to be with the sick triceratops. Then the storm rolls in and everything in Jurassic Park, you don't need uh, drivers because everything's automated. on a automated like electric magnetic Rail. track or whatever. It's like what we wrote at Cedar Point yeah. almost. So my next one is... We're going to have to give a shout out here to Wayne Knight as Dennis Nedry. Yes. You shouldn't use my name. Dodson. Dodson. We've got Dodson here. See, nobody cares. Nice hat. They're trying to look like a secret agent. When he is there to talk to the guy that he's going to smuggle the dinosaur embryos to in the coolest yeah. concealment shaving cream can. Barbasol can. Barbasol can. And the guy's trying to be over the top covert on an island and he sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. And he just declares his name to everybody and see nobody cares. Yeah. He's like, the guy's like, hey, I'd, I'd like to leave names out of it. Yeah. I don't think Wayne Knight gets enough credit no. for this role. He's and like, such a great fucker. Honestly, so he should shuts down so Nedry shuts down all of the tells them he's doing a reboot or he's something. He's like the only one that has the capability it's to know everything. Big there. logic issue but yeah, there's huge. But he basically is like look I have to reboot everything it'll take 10 seconds whatever but he has to do that in order to have access to the embryos he takes one of each puts it in the Barbasol can which he uh, then plans to take to the port. Um, yeah the port yeah. so that he can which what is Hammond's rival going to do start his own Jurassic Park? That's one thing we never hear. It's like there wasn't even a line saying Peterson is going to try to beat me yeah. to this park. Like, just one No, thing. it's so weird. So anyway, Nedry, he's trying to transport the the Barbasol can, the embryos, but the weather's already went to shit. He can't see where he's going. Yep. He's lost. And he ends up wrecking his SUV, and then he gets killed by a Dilophosaurus, which at first, it seems harmless. Hey, nice boy! Nice, Alistair. Oh, thought you were one of your big brothers. You're not so bad. You're not so bad. What do you want? What do you want? You want food? Look at me. I just fell down a hill. I'm soaking wet. I don't have any food. I have no food on me. But then it opens up all that neck yeah. shit and does the big leg. And you get a Wilhelm scream. Yeah, yeah you, you get know? a Wilhelm scream. Actually, we get two Wilhelm screams. And you kill one. Nedry and he's, he's done. He's done like halfway through the movie. Which is a shame. Uh-huh. You didn't say the magic yeah. word. So speaking of a Wilhelm scream, got to give a shout out to the guy who plays Robert Muldoon because I think he's yeah. really good. Very limited lines. But when he's trying to find out where this Velociraptor went and he's going into the woods and all of yeah. a sudden the Velociraptor pops her head out and he goes, pretty girl. And then she jumps on him and then you hear the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. God, he's so good. He's really good. He puts his hat down. He tells Ellie to run. In the bushes straight ahead. All right. Like hell it is. 
run towards the shed. I've got to go. Yeah. Which when Ellie runs through the woods, she's like leaping over shit, yeah. grabbing on the branches and she's swinging. She gets to the shed. All right. Well, I don't think there's a pool on Jurassic Park on Isla Nublar. So unless the dinosaurs want to take a swim. But uh, all right. So let's get out of the pool. Everybody out of the pool. All right. Being that Jurassic Park was a 1993 summer blockbuster, we're going to give you the soundtrack to life at that time. We're going to be talking summer 1993 music videos. So music videos released specifically between May and September of 93. Now we covered the sum of 1993 music videos back in episode two when we did Dazed and Confused. So with the summer qualifier, let's see how our picks change because I know I had a kind of a list going and then started looking up when the songs were released yeah. or if I could find when the video was Sometimes released. Sometimes there's a disconnect and between it was song like, release and yeah, video. But I tried to find when they were released and I was like, man, half my list is gone. Yeah. So, but I also tried to pick different things than I did before. That's what I did so. too. All right. I'll go number five and I will say Smashing Pumpkins today. Yeah. Released in September, so it makes the cut. But basically, Billy Pumpkins, as I like to call him. It's like the Dan Housen name. <laughs> Billy Pumpkins is in an ice cream truck. He's a an ice cream... What do you call an ice cream truck driver? The ice cream man. There you go, the ice cream man. Uh, so he's, he's Master P. Uh, often confused. Um, he's an ice cream man, and he takes a joyride through what I always thought was the desert, but watching it back now, they do like a weird color rendering. So it might just be like the countryside that Dude, looks like a desert. All these 93 music videos that I watched, they're either in sepia, yeah. they're color rendered blue, or they're black and white. Yeah, That's it. So Billy Pumpkins picks up a girl. They stop for gas. They end up painting the ice cream truck all crazy. And then I guess they rob him because they like kick him out of the truck with his stuff. And I guess that makes today the greatest day he's ever known. So my number five, I went deep. Matthew Sweet went super deformed. Oh, I thought it was going to be girlfriend. No, it went super deformed. I thought girlfriend, but this video just stuck out more to me. So what's weird about this video, once again, we get blue tones and then we get black and white footage of yep. random kaiju battles. Kaiju being like Godzilla. We got Ultraman. We have Big Lizard, shit like that. While this is what kind of made me pick this one. It interspersed messages of what AIDS is. So it'd be like all of a sudden it would just a big thing. Here's Godzilla. The word AIDS. <laughs> Here's Ultraman. This is what AIDS stands for. Here is a giant lizard man. AIDS is not a political issue. So definitely, this is an AIDS message type video. I didn't uh, know when that was released. Probably not 93. Not 93. But that also, he must have been like an anime, like he must have, He must have really been into it. And meanwhile, while they're showing all this footage, he is like in a small cage singing. So it's allegory. But I'm just like, this fucking video is all over the place. And all of a sudden, AIDS. Like, okay. <laughs> My number four, tag team. Whoop, there it is. Oh, and we just watched it. Tag team, back again. Check it directed. Let's begin. Party on, party people. Let me hear some noise. DC's in the house. Jump, jump, rejoices. There's a party over here. A party over there. Wave your hands in the air. Shake the dairy, yeah. These three words mean you're getting busy. So there was a 95 South 
that made Woot There It Is. Yeah. Won't There It Is by Tag Team is a blatant ripoff yeah. of Woot There It Is. Oh, big time. And, but Won't There It Is is in every movie ever. I mean, remember it being in D2. Oh, yeah. With uh, Russ Tyler, the street hockey and stuff. But very 1993 video, part concert, live performance, part live performance at a diner, part people dunking basketballs. I should say part person dunking yeah. basketball that they show the same footage like eight times. And then one time they show in reverse. Yeah. Funny thing about this video is that no one really seems to be that into it. It's the biggest low energy dance song I've ever seen. They in got my life. lots of people in the video, but like Ed Lover's in it. It looks like everybody's like afraid to show themselves having fun. If you told me the performance took 56 takes and this was shot at 4 a.m., I'd believe you. There's like lots of very lazy arm waving that doesn't match the energy of the song. Tag team, my man Steve, Steve Rollins, as you used yeah. to think it was. I just thought it was Steve Rollins, like Rollins, but he said Steve yeah. Rollins. Yeah. So they're high energy, but the crowd's just kind of like, well, they're more high energy than the rest of the crowd. Yeah. What I don't get about that video, too, is I'm convinced that when they filmed it, they're all just dancing. There's no music playing, and they're just like, go. Yeah. And like you said, it's 56 take, and they're just like, fuck it. Just cut. We're done. We'll just put music over it, whatever. We'll give them another pizza. <laughs> So my next one, new kids on the block, but now they're edgy. They've grown up. They're just NKOTB okay. with Never Let You Go. The edgy form of the new kids. Once again, it has the two big things at the time, sepia filtering and blue filters. As we stroll along New York, trying to be sexy, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jordan Knight is trying to seduce a woman by singing at her with his very small cut goatee like the guy oh, from no. Color Me Bad in the highest falsetto voice humanly <laughs> possible. What happened? At this point, new kids, after hanging tough, all that stuff step-by-step step, should have said, you know what? We're going to step-by-step yeah. our way out of here. But no, but no, but no, they decide to go edgy. It has like, they're trying to like do like an R&B beat and it's so bad. It's almost like they're a parody of their mole selves. I'm glad they just stopped and got out of there. As I look at my new kids on the block, comforter and KOTB. Bye-bye. My number three, Red Hot Chili Peppers sold a squeeze. It's got me by my soul to squeeze. Well, all the love for me. With all the dying trees, I Released in August. What was that noise? I fucking hate the Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers. From the Coneheads soundtrack, which is, I basically Ooh. think I picked this because of how much I like Coneheads. Yeah. But it's a black and white video, so there you go. Okay. It takes place, and they're like circus freaks, or I, I guess, you know, it's derogatory to call them freaks, so we'll call them performers, and we'll leave the freaks for uh, Freaks on a Leash Corn fans. The song itself is about Anthony Kiedis' drug addiction, which I feel like most Red Hot Chili Peppers songs are about Anthony Kiedis' drug addiction. 
then Chris Farley's in the video, really? who is also in Coneheads, which is he's awesome in Coneheads. Ronnie, and he dates Connie Conehead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's in the video. It's just traveling circus thing. And uh, as far as Red Hot Chili Peppers goes, I'd say this is on the the better end of the spectrum for them. Because yeah, I'm with you. I'm not the biggest fan, but no, this one I can get behind. It's all right. So my next one is one that I was quite surprised how bad. I shouldn't even say how surprised. It's fucking blatantly bad. It's Eddie Murphy, Michael Jackson. Why is I with you? Oh, God. Let's just talk about this real quick. The video is awful. It looks like they use clip art and bad CG. Oh. This was also Michael Jackson and Eddie Murphy's latter half of the Egyptian phase because there was a lot of it. Well, Michael Jackson's dangerous. Somebody needed to round Eddie up and go, Eddie, Rick James isn't here anymore to save you. Please stop singing. This song literally is called What's Up With You? W-H-A-T-Z-U-P-W-I-T-U. One word. And he sings it monotone. Was I, was I with you? Nobody liked this song. Eddie might have been the only one that thought it was great. I guarantee Michael thought this was pure shit, but he probably got like $20 million to do it. Why? Why? Stop trying Why? to make Eddie Murphy happen. Please. Not going to happen. No. Great actor. Great stand-up performer. Not a singer. He was even great in Pluto Nash. He that's is. a stretch. <laughs> better than He's better in Pluto Nash than he is a singer. He's a lunar generic singer. Yeah, there you go. Number two for me, Salt and Pepper Shoop. Oh, God, yeah. Like a lollipop should be lit. Came to my senses and I chill for a bit. Don't know how you do the voodoo that you do so well. This is spell hell. Makes me want to shoot, shoot, shoot. First minute of the video is them singing and dancing at these dudes playing dice. And it's like intercut with some very 90s dance choreography. Even though it was released in September, it's definitely a summer video because there's like a boardwalk on the beach. I think it might be like Coney Island. Yeah. Then we get them watching some basketball, then back to the beach for them watching beach football. Wasn't Bodie, Johnny Utah, and the Dead Presidents. And then we get the, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, All right. but there's an unnamed dude rap part. Isn't the dude who raps, does he ever get credited as having a name i don't think he ever did he has the now edited from history rap lyric in that <laughs> that literally if it's on sirius if it's on spotify yeah. if it's in the music video on youtube gone that lyric is gone it's like the uh the weedest he brings a gun to school yes. lyric, which is now v- unless you have the original maybe if you have shoop the original cd or cassette or yeah. weedest teenage dirtbag original cd or cassette that's the only way you can hear those well lyrics. even with weedest they edit out my boyfriend a dick. Do they? Yeah. Which is fucking bad. He brings a <laughs> to school. Like, yeah. It's like a- he brings a fucking turntable to school. Yeah. He's awesome. They just like uh, turntable out that whole line. So the weirdest, anyway, the weirdest part of the shoot video, she says like Ramey Q or what'd she say? To the next man in a three piece, three piece suit. suit. They, they show this guy walking down the beach in a three piece suit, kind of just peeling it off and leaving it behind in the sand. I love the tearaways. But underneath all of the suit pieces, he's just wearing like a speedo. <laughs> so it's like he has a dress shirt, a jacket, you know, pants. He's and prepped. Underneath, it's just Speedos. He's like, ready to go to the beach. 
I wish we would have seen that at like Mosquito Lake. So my next one, my number two, the band who was known for their island sound, preferably red, red wine. Here's the cover wow. of Elvis Presley's I Can't Help Falling in Love with You by UB40. Which I will say this I'm, year I'd be 40. Fuck you. I'd be 42. <laughs> and you guys know all you fans of the podcast out there. I'm not an Elvis Presley fan. I understand his contributions to rock and roll and all that. I always will appreciate it. I just don't like Elvis Presley. Maybe as much as Kevin doesn't like Billy Joel. But this video, once again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 1993 summer black and white video. However, it gives you that summer theme because UB40, and I give them nothing but all the credit in the world. They knew their sound and they stuck with it, even when they started doing covers like this one. So enjoy that black and white UB40 as you're on a beach string and a pina colada. I don't remember any of the UB40 videos. This, yeah, I had to rewatch but this. I, I obviously remember the songs. Songs were a huge hit, yeah. but like, do not remember the videos at all. My number one, I think I covered the last time we did 93 music videos. It's Aerosmith crying. Oh, yeah. June of 93. Aerosmith had amazing living on the edge and crying all in 94. Huge year. I'm pretty sure this is the only one released between May and September. We got a, a ton in the first 20 seconds of this video. We get Alicia Silverstone and Steven Dorff being kinky. We get Steven Tyler and like a porcelain doll mask for like whatever reason. And then you never see it again. That's just how he looks now. Yeah. But then uh, we immediately see Alicia Silverstone at the movies where she sees Steven Dorff cheating on her. This apparently prompts her to go get a sketchy tattoo on her upper boob, her U boob. Yep. And then uh, up the next thing, she gets her belly button pierced. And then the definitive weird scene that stands out, she calls her boyfriend, ex, whatever he is, who shows up a police because she's going to jump off a highway. But when her boyfriend approaches, she does jump, but she's attached to a wire, but not like a bungee cord, like a, like a steel cable. I would imagine that stunt costs some like irreparable spinal damage. I broke my back. My back is broken. Spinal, probably a motorcycle accident. <laughs> Um, she, the other weird scene in this video is she's like, she sees her boyfriend cheating. She hangs out with her boyfriend. I'm assuming this is his car, but she's driving it and they're on a date and she acts like she's going to kiss him and she doesn't. And then she kicks him out of the car and she leaves him behind. But then she just abandons the car on the side of the highway. She goes to like LA. Maybe she's already there. She's at a diner and this dude's kind of like staring at her and I'm like, Oh, where's this video going? But then the dude like steals her book bag and runs down the sidewalk. So odd. But then she chases him and she ends up doing like a Rob Van Dam kick. Van Dam yeah, she does like a, yeah, she does like a flying kick to this dude and gets her book bag back and it really adds nothing to the video. Yeah, it's just, I can jump and kick a chair. Great video though. It's all great. the Aerosmith 93 videos are awesome. Watch all three. They're fucking art, dude. So my number one, and it's a movie that we covered all the way back in season two. That's right, kitties. The episode in which we experienced our only paranormal thing before we started recording the podcast. It's Big Gun, ACDC, wow. the theme song to Last Action Hero.
this video is everything I wanted with Arnold Schwarzenegger and more. Of course, it shows footage from the movie, but within the video, it's a concert video. So you got ACDC on stage and then all of a sudden there's Jack Slater in the fucking crowd. Nice. I don't think Arnold, I've seen this video. Arnold as Jack Slater at one point, just like in the movie, a stick of dynamite gets thrown into the crowd. He catches it and lights a cigar with it. Nice. Then the piece de resistance, the creme de la creme, he ends up on stage next to Brian Johnson, pantomime singing. And then all of a sudden, next scene, he's dressed like Angus Young. No way. Doing the kicks, playing the guitar. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Jack Slater as Angus Young, hat and all, doing the patented Angus Young guitar kick thing. Blew oh my, my God. damn mind. That's amazing. I did not expect this. I was like, it's just going to show, this is going to be my number one regardless. It's just going to show footage from the movie. Arnold went to the next level. It's like when Guns N' Roses did you could be mine for Terminator yeah. 2. This level of amazing. That's awesome. awesome. I'm going to have to go watch it. It's so good. Some honorable mentions for Summer 93. Soul Asylum Runaway Train. We mentioned they did the missing kids. Made the deal with MTV that they would own, like, the video had to be updated. And a ton of kids were recovered who yeah. saw the video and then returned home. Onyx Slam, which had the energy level that Womp There It Is needed to have. Big time. Because, like, Onyx got the people going. Back that up. Fredro Star just crazy rapper. I don't know how to explain his style, but he went on to be in like over 50 things. Yeah. He's in like TV shows and movies and all kinds of stuff. Weird looking dude. Mariah Carey dream lover, which to me kicked off like the mid nineties Mariah Carey, like, cause within a couple of years she did fantasy. Yeah. And she all found Puff ones. Daddy. Yeah. Right. Sky's exactly. the limit. Cypress Hill insane in the brain. Also another like high energy one that, uh, whoop, there it is. Wish they had the energy of <laughs> fucking but, tag team. But Cypress Hill, there's not much to that video. No. It's just, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's just camera manipulation. All right. Well, let's, let's get back in the pool and hopefully avoid any of those swimming dinosaurs. Everybody back in the pool. Dinosaurs are gone. It's all an illusion. When we have control again. You've never had control. That's the illusion. I was overwhelmed by the power of this place, but I made a mistake too. I didn't have enough respect for that power and it's out now. The only thing that matters now are the people we love. Alan and Lex and Tim. John, they're out there where people are dying. Critical question. We've had like, I think, 10 movies now answering this exact question. But should they do this in real life? A real life Jurassic Park. No, because popular culture is stupid. People are dumb. And what happened in this movie would definitely happen in real life. Except they wouldn't put this on an island. They'd put it in like fucking Alabama or something <laughs> Alabama, yeah. because of the tax breaks. And next thing you know, some fucking redneck is going to let the dinosaur out. And next thing you know, death will ensue. Okay, so that that's the answer I expected. Seemed obvious. So let's go with Dr. Malcolm's. Yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Do you think that extinct species of anything should be brought back? Now, I say this because my daughter tells me all the time, they are bringing back the woolly mammoth, and I just don't know why. Question is, the woolly mammoth, everybody had their place in time. Yes. It's evolution. The woolly mammoth, you bring the woolly mammoth back, how is it going to know to survive in this climate? 
back when the woolly just, mammoth was. We're talking ice age, man. Yeah, I just and it's too hot. I just why? What, what are you gonna do with a woolly mammoth? Yeah, you gotta put it in a zoo. Yeah, and and do what with it? And then what are we gonna do with like a T Rex? Like, oh, at the Cleveland Zoo, come see a T Rex. Like, no, I just don't. I don't know why. Now, Everybody has their place in time. Eventually, yes. we're gonna be the ones that yeah. go, and well, something else is gonna take. Ninety nine point nine percent of all species that have ever existed are extinct. Yeah, you know, so everything is gonna have its its place in time. No, hold on. This isn't, this isn't some species that was obliterated by deforestation or, or the building of a dam. Dinosaurs uh, uh, had their shot and nature selected them for extinction. But it's, it's just weird. Like, again, just because we can doesn't mean we should. It's weird to think like, yeah, just. There's I, a lot of shit we should figure out first, like curing cancer, curing Alzheimer's. We don't need dinosaurs right now. Let's focus on what we really need. Yes. I love dinosaurs. Don't get me wrong. No, folks, change your energy to climate change. They're going to bring back all the dinosaurs and then the earth's going to get fucking hit by a meteor again. Like, here we go. Someone who's a bit of a dinosaur himself. You got to keep away from the dinosaurs. Mr. David McCall. Hey, dinosaur guy. You think you're fucking funny, huh? Going to send a dinosaur up into Massachusetts? Guess what's going to happen. I'm going to fucking kill it. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. He's got to be if you make. OK, now we're over the Jurassic World thing and maybe 10, 15 years. They bring back the Jurassic saga again. Put Mark Wahlberg in it. What's Wahlberg been doing? Except getting just fucking jacked. He's crazy jacked. Nothing. Like, he's making burgers. He was in those like Will Ferrell family comedy movies. Weird. I can't even think of anything he's been in. He hasn't done a serious movie in a very long time. He was the rival of John Hammond in Triassic Land. There you go. There well, we go. That's a, that is a good segue because the biggest logic surrounding everything, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, the whole franchise, the book, the name of the movie and novel is the biggest logic issue. Dinosaurs did not exist during the Jurassic era. Yep. This should have been named Cretaceous Park. So that means it's all, hard to spell. all of the merch, the follow-up, franchise literally everything associated with this movie is based on an error right jurassic era had no dinosaurs exactly but it sounds scarier it's the same with the amber the mosquitoes encased in amber is interesting but they're only 20 million years old yeah. so when the mosquitoes were encased in amber and when that all formed in costa rica dinosaurs had been dead for 40 million years so here's my big thing too you got i would say probably the world's greatest scientists working at this park. Yeah. You have to. Sure. Have to. No, you have to. Mo to. How do you not realize that frogs change sex? Yeah. And you use their DNA anyway. It's basic shit for a scientist like yeah, that. Well, you should know I'm not going to plug frog DNA into this. Yeah. So that's part of my, so this movie doesn't have a lot of logic, No. but the logic it does have is very large logic, like the name being wrong. But, and maybe this is the answer to the movie revolving around the science. How long did it take once they found the mosquitoes, bought an island, cleared the land, developed labs, worked on the science, grew adult dinosaurs, and obviously state of the art incubators. What are we talking? 10 years at a minimum? Three days. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we talking? 10 years? It has, Even it has with to all be at least money. a decade. They spent a decade. But to get how this do you place keep ready. that under wraps? Exactly. And. No way. Right. They would have had to kill any scientists that wanted to leave the island. Or if a helicopter gets close to the island, what are you going to gun it down? Shoot it down. It down. You yeah. have to. You have to. Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's like, you obviously spent all this time and money on every, you know, single precaution, but then you screw up something as simple as like, oh, in an environment where there's no male or female frogs present a frog will change its gender to be able to, to procreate basic shit for a scientist to know 
Yeah. Yet you do that anyways. And like, how did they decide on frog? Why weren't they like, let's pick iguana DNA? Something. Or, yeah. yeah. Somehow. As you said, they fill in the missing DNA sequences with frog DNA. But how do they know from the mosquito blood what kind of dinosaur it is? Yeah. So like, do they have any idea? Do they just like, all right, we're taking, we're extracting DNA from this blood. Here's the, the DNA helix or whatever. Do they not know until the dinosaur is born or cloned? Like if they're a raptor or a T-Rex? Because like they have dinosaur DNA. How is it cataloged as knowing which species it is? Like, is there enough historical data to be able to identify? Like, it seems very like plug and play. Yeah, because very cheap. in the movie, it's like, all right, there are tubes and it's like, here's a T-Rex, a Velociraptor, a Brontosaurus, a Stegosaurus, yeah. a Triceratops. Nobody fucking put Scrimshaw on a wall saying, this is yeah, dinosaur right. DNA, this so is like, a T-Rex. So how did they, I mean, again, we're missing a huge gap in time. Yeah. Where it's like Dr. Hammond comes to get these doctors, but they had to have been working on this island. Had to have. For years. Sequestered away from reality. How do you hire a, a contract firm where they're, you're like, hey, we're building something here. We're going to have some really large animals. I need a fitter, not fucking tell I need anybody. A 50 plus foot electric fence. And they're yeah. like, for what? What are you going to have in here? Dogs. Dogs. Big, Big dogs. dogs. Huge dogs. Bear. <laughs> Cocaine bears. <laughs> bears. <laughs> if this was basically a preview to the park, Hammond brings in his grandchildren. Ian, Alan, the blood-sucking lawyer, Ellie. So this is basically a preview to the park. Would you not want everything fully 100% operational saying, this is Jurassic Park, this is how everything's going to operate, not, oh, we're going to build, we're going to do this program later, dinosaurs are going to be here later. Don't you want everything up and running, ready to go? Yes. Because if everything's up and running, ready to go, you're going to have more than Dennis Nedry and Samuel L. Jackson's character, who I don't understand Samuel L. Jackson's character because I feel like he should have authority over Dennis yeah. Nedry. Yeah, Dennis Nedry is the only one that knows the computers. Yeah. Till later when yeah. he, like, after they're in and he seems to know everything about computers. Yeah, what the hell? What would an appropriate, if Nedry didn't die, what would be an appropriate sentence for Dodson and Nedry? They sabotaged dinosaur DNA, shut down all the safety protocols, allowing them to get free. But then again, like, who owns Isla Nublar? Is it owned by I'm assuming, Hammond? I'm assuming Hammond bought the island. But, like, whose laws and jurisdictions do they fall under? Is it... Coast Consider Rica? Costa Rican island. But isn't Costa Rica United States protectorate? No, that's Puerto Rico. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's a weird. Because it's almost, it's manslaughter. Yes. <laughs> like, holy shit. Murder. Yeah. Because like who died on the, Muldoon, Samuel Jackson died on the island. Who else? The lawyer got lawyer. chewed. Mm -hmm. So there's three murders. Well, here, okay. Here, here's maybe my biggest logic aside from the name. It might be explained in the second movie because I don't remember. Okay. But what happens to the park? Do they nuke it? Do they have to send in the army? Isla Nublar still exists, but in the second movie, they created basically Jurassic Park again on an adjacent island. Well, I get that. But, but they just left it. So there's just dinosaurs. Yeah, there's just dinosaurs on that because I believe they revisit that island in the third movie. Okay, so what happens if a boat gets lost and just... <laughs> it was declared like a no-man zone, but you're telling me you can't go there. Somebody's going to want to go there be like, what happened? Because the world's going to know what happened on Isla Nublar. Just, I, I want that movie. Yeah. I want the movie of, okay, the helicopter flies away, dinosaurs are on their own, no dialogue, let's just watch the island. Yeah. The dinosaurs repopulate. Because I'm pretty sure that's what they did in Jurassic Park 3. And then they sent mercenaries down there to start dealing with the dinosaurs because they're getting out of hand and trying to get off the island. Why is Hammond so pissed about Grant shooting the raptor? Grant, Mr. Hammond, the phones are working. Children all right? The children are fine. 
Call the mainland. Tell them to send the damn helicopters. <laughs> Gonna come through the glass! So at the end of the movie, when yeah. Grant fi- the phones finally work, Grant calls Hammond and he's like, "Is it his grandkids or I thought it was his no, nephews or I saw whatever?" Like that. Yeah, but Grant, a raptor's about to attack them, and Grant's like shooting one, and he's like, "No, Grant!" But like. <laughs> You could clone, literally have them on demand. Yeah, you're fine. You have a bunch of them. You can literally make more on demand. What are you pissed about him shooting a dinosaur? A tropical storm just doesn't develop out of nowhere. No. So you know this thing is coming even before they get to the park. National Weather Service is tracking a tropical storm about 75 miles west of us. Why didn't I build in Orlando? Especially with members of your family, wouldn't you go, hey, I know you're going to come this week. There's a storm approaching. So let's wait till next week. And it's weird that it turns that fast because like a few hours ago, they were in a helicopter and the weather was fine. And it's not a hurricane. It's a tropical yeah. storm. So it's not going to turn that quickly. No, either. it's not going to no. go from like sunny, clear weather you can fly a helicopter through to full-blown tropical storm. Exactly. Most of my problem with this movie, it just has to do with operations. Yeah, it's just Bad ops. decisions. Like, again, why would they not have anything like, I wouldn't go there and hang out on an island with a bunch of dinosaurs unless everything was like tip top, you know? Well, I like when they're sitting around like eating dinner, which I also find it weird. As they're eating dinner, there are literally projectors shining on their face with information on the wall, which is mm-hmm. very distracting. But I think it's even brought up from the blood sucking lawyer that he's like, we could charge people ten, twenty thousand yeah. dollars a head. And I think it was either Ellie or Alan is like, who's going to be able to afford this? And you want it to be a family park. And then the guy goes, well, we'll offer a coupons coupons (laughs) fucking coupon are you gonna give me man it's kind of funny because you know in transitioning into the legacy is movie like this is a true hollywood franchise three original movies a reboot you know series of movies with three additional movies the whole thing's grossed over six billion dollars there's been other video games there's been series other stuff toys toys you know when they did jurassic world like jurassic world did what jurassic park was trying to do where they like it was official. It was all done before everybody yeah, showed up. It was done. There, It was just a park where you could go and visit and actually see dinosaurs. Yeah, that's the so. way the first one should have been. But then you ever see Fallen Kingdom? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I have, because that's where they start doing the hybrids. Because oh. that was one of the original. So uh, bad ideas for where Jurassic Park was going to go, which was like human dinosaur hybrid animals. Yeah, and they're just making, they're just pulling shit out of their ass when it comes to naming this dinosaur. It's Rockosaurus Rex. It's dumb <laughs> shit. And then I've never seen Dominion. I heard it's awful. Yeah, I haven't seen Dominion. I have seen Fallen Kingdom once. Yeah. Jurassic World wasn't that bad. I liked I it. I like Jurassic World. And then Fallen Kingdom wasn't good. I watched it once and then, yeah, never seen Dominion. No. So. Alright, so speaking of, just quickly, James Gunn interest in bringing Chris Pratt to DC for a role, an undisclosed role in the DC universe. Really? Probably Booster Gold. First off, when you're saying James Gunn's bringing Chris Pratt to DC, I'm like on vacation. They're going to Washington. <laughs> they're going to Washington. Going to Washington. They're going to be on Capitol Hill. No. You know my love for Booster Gold. Yeah. I love the concept of Booster Gold. I read the entire comic run. Just don't make Chris Pratt his character in Guardians yeah. as Booster Gold. Who would you cast as Booster Gold? You need somebody smart 
Rocky, you have to remember Booster Gold is a guy from the future who is sponsored by corporations. Yeah. He's a corporately sponsored superhero. God damn, Chris Pratt's almost perfect for that role because he could be that snarky, swarthy. I mean, a lot of people thought it would be Nathan Fillion, which James Gunn loves Nathan Fillion. I love Fillion. I just, at what point, like how old is Nathan Fillion now? He's 60? in his 50s. Yeah. They had perfect opportunities for Nathan Fillion. Like when they did the Uncharted yes. movie, he should have been Nathan Drake. There is, my buddy Nathan showed Nathan like all what ifs. They did a fan film on YouTube. It's like 15 minutes long where he is Nathan Drake. It's the God damn yeah. this great thing ever. Nathan Fillion had that point in time why I don't know why he ever got overlooked for some of these roles that were perfect for It's him. like every role ever was like Nathan Fillion should play this role and then it just didn't happen until the point now where he's in his 50s. I feel like if Nathan Fillion would have been younger, he would have been Chris Pratt in Guardians yeah. well, by far. Maybe Nathan Fillion will be the first one to really benefit from uh, using his likeness. And they can cast an AI version of young Nathan Fillion as yeah. Booster Gold, uh, as they can remake Uncharted. Yeah. They can just... And he, he They're said, talking about doing another Uncharted but rebooting yeah. it. Which, so if you're going to make him... Are you literally going to say the next Uncharted movie is, is Nathan Drake older? So then it can be Nathan Fillion. Maybe. All right. Stick around for some plugs. This is Fred Whitaker from Kitchen Knife Conspiracy and Undercover Juice Box, and you are listening to The Pool Scene Podcast. It's the Jurassic Park Command Compound with an electronic computer that says over a hundred commands. Help. We need more firepower. The computer help. helps you control Jurassic Park. Got him. T-Rex Secure. Yeah. Jurassic Park electronic talking command compound figures and dinosaurs sold separately. Batteries not included. Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show and all of the other ones in our back catalog. And you can find those on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, and wherever you get your podcast from, because we are there. And never forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow on Facebook. Join the Pool Sceners group for exclusive content you will get it there first instagram twitch threads tiktok and youtube at pool scene podcast we are all over the place so you will never get one opportunity to miss us anytime anywhere and as always back to kevin final lap guy yeah the final lap Jim and me and my family, his woman, we took a trip this weekend. We went to Putin Bay one day and then we spent the night and the next day we went to Cedar Point. Yep. So I, I think we have to take a look a little bit at our and reevaluate our, our coaster rankings and such. So my the hotel I stayed at was a Cedar Point partner hotel. So we were able to <laughs> you get did it in. smart. <laughs> so we were. Yeah. Tell us about your hotel. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's funny. The distance between Kevin's hotel and mine is literally a walk. It's literally across the street. So Kevin stayed really nice hotel, a lot of good benefits, swam in the pool. My lady and I stayed in a hotel, a super eight across the street. Sign was bad when we pull in. It's one of those hotels with the outside doors. Not good. Yeah. You pull up, there's people motherfucking F this, F that sitting in the parking lot, just having parties. Yeah. So you got two strikes already. You got... (laughs) 
doors that enter the out into the room from outside. Yeah. And people hanging out in the parking lot with liquor. With liquor. Didn't bother to read any of the Yelp reviews because a lot of people said we stayed and then we left in the middle of the night because there were just people brought their hotel shit out in the middle of the parking lot and we're just starting to party we see at that three a lot. in the morning. We see that a lot at those type of hotels. Fuck. But I sucked it up begrudgingly because I literally we just slept and then we left the next morning. Yeah. So yeah. The reason we stayed at the hotel we did is because when you started looking at the prices and it's like 20 bucks, $40 difference. I'm like, at that point, oh shit. I'm like, we're just going to spend the 40, but we'll get a few less pieces of avocado toast as the uh, Republicans (laughs) will tell you. Yeah. Get one less Starbucks. Uh, My hotel breakfast had milk and cookies. That's amazing. (laughs) Fucking, I didn't eat it. No way. Uh, So we stayed at a partner hotel, but part of staying there is they gave you, which we didn't know about this. We just stayed there because it seemed nicer and it was just a little bit and it was right down the street. But uh, they gave us early entry passes. Now the early entry, Cedar Point on the day we went opened at 10 a.m. But the early drop at 10 early entrance passes got you in at nine o'clock and there were restrictions because it kind of told you like only these rides will be operational. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. So we ended up letting us in at like 845. Yeah. So it didn't even wait till nine. They let nope. us in at like 845. So you're like, fuck it. You're here. Let's go. All right. So we're like, of everything that's going to be open, which was like the Scrambler. Yeah. And like. Gatekeeper Millennium Force. Yeah. Scrambler. There was, I, I had a picture. Thank you. But yeah. So we were like, all right, of these, the best one, Millennium Force. By Let's far. ride Millennium Force. Ride something else. Go get in line for Steel Vengeance. Yeah. Because the thing happens at Cedar Point at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, whatever time it opens that day, the rope drops. All of those people go to Steel Vengeance. Hall and ass. Everyone goes to Steel Vengeance. That's that's where to be. And now, you know, if Top Thrill was open, they'd probably go some to Top Thrill, They'll some to Steel off. Vengeance. So we went to Millennium Force. We stood there for probably five minutes, and then these people in the front were like, you know what? There's no test cars. There's no maintenance. This isn't going to open. Nope. And they were right. It didn't. So we went to Gatekeeper. We walked on to Gatekeeper, although the ops would not let us ride the front row. Which made no sense because there wasn't I, really a line for no, it. No, but I think they didn't want to run a half-empty train. Yeah. And she said we had to fill in the open rows rather than wait in the front. So she wouldn't let us ride the front. So we rode Gatekeeper. After Gatekeeper, we went ahead and walked towards Steel Vengeance. Yes, that's a smart move. Yeah, so we go to Steel Vengeance. It's probably, I don't know, 10, 15 minute wait, maybe. The smallest it will ever be. <laughs> smallest you'll ever see it. So again, they didn't even wait till 10. No. They let us get in line. I think we were on the first train, second train. Yeah. We were pretty quick. Rode Steel Vengeance, got off Steel Vengeance, and was able to walk to Maverick. Maverick. And Maverick, which is usually hour and a half, two hours yeah. because of the minimal trains running. They had six train ops. They had six train ops. So Maverick, the funny thing about Maverick, though, waiting to get in line for Maverick, probably 15 minute wait. Yeah. By the time we got off, oh, it was probably an hour. But, which I don't understand why there's such a long wait for that ride. No, it's a, it's a fun ride. It's, it's fine, but, but it's, like not that. No. So that's probably all the 10 o'clock rope droppers that went to Maverick. Yeah. So we got off, rode Maverick, went and rode Val Raven, which funny enough was the longest wait we did all day. Yeah. Was on Val Raven. 30 minutes, 35 minutes. So Jim got that credit. Finally got had. it. What a great ride. That yeah. ride gets too much shit. It was fun. It's fun. You get a great view of the, the lake. View, the view alone is like worth it. Yeah. But at that point, we had pretty much knocked off all the big things on our list. Millennium Force was broken for majority of the day. 
day. Yeah. Magnum was broken on and off. Uh, At one point, we were in line for Magnum. Yep. We got in. It broke down. And it seemed to be that there was a a train stuck in the brake run. There was two trains stuck in the brake run. So we said, okay, let's get out of line. So then a little bit later, we see, oh, Magnum's back up. Yeah. And I just rode Wild Mouse, the new one. Yeah. Get in line. And we load. And Uh, we're going up the hill. Something ain't quite right. So I timed it on the POV. It takes from the bottom of that lift hill to the top, it takes a minute five. Yeah. It gets that point where you look at me and go, this is taking a little longer than what it normally yeah. does. And then all of a sudden, and this is no bullshit, guys. I legit thought we were going to die on this ride because we've ridden this thing collectively over 20 times a piece. And we love Magnum. You guys know from our rankings. As it's going up the hill, it's shimmying. Yeah. Like almost like a small Almost wave. like a back and forth wiggle. Yeah. Never has ever done that. And then there's some weird dragging sound every now and then like the brake or something's capturing holy shit like so, me and him are turned off. So we're about point. 20 feet from the top. And I said to you, I'm like, we got 20 more feet to go because I'm starting to wonder if we're going to get up, if we're not even going to get, cause like this thing acted like it's like having an old piece of shit car that doesn't want to climb a hill. Yeah. I mean, like this thing was inching up this hill. It was very slow. And at that point you're like, if we're going to have to evac off this ride, we're going to have to walk down 200 feet yeah. with no rail on yeah. the stairs. Yeah. Oh God. But so, at that point I was so scared. I'd rather, rather to shut down and evac off. Yes. So we make it over the hill and then you go over Magnum, you go over the first hill, you go down and up over the second hill. And then you kind of go into this like tunnel bank, tunnel bank turn. Yeah. And as you go into the bank turn, we kind of hear this like sort of noise. Yeah. And that's the point where I no longer was enjoying myself. I thought the train came off the track. Like it wasn't completely attached. And then once again, we hear that dragging sound. So I work with a girl who's a coaster enthusiast. She's a, probably a bigger coaster. Well, I will uh, to say this. She's probably a bigger coaster enthusiast and knows more than I do, but at the same time she hasn't been to Cedar Point. Okay. So like, so yeah. I, I, I just, Great like, assault. how? Yeah. You know, how have you not? But anyway, she, uh, she immediately was like, I bet there was a wheel issue because she's like, it just, everything you described, the wobble on the hill, the you know, the noise around the turn. She's like, I bet you had a something, a wheel need replaced but or something. how the hell do they let that ride keep going? I don't know. And I, we don't know the reason it was shut down. No. So we don't understand like, did they shut it down because of this issues that it was having? Or was this an unrelated issue? Or how did any of that work? I don't know. But but it was, yeah, after that, it was a little harrowing, you know? And then my daughter passed out on Corkscrew. Yeah. Scared the hell out of. She, yeah. It's roughly 90 degrees out yeah. with the heat. Yes. Not a cloud in the sky. Sun's been baking down on us for no. over nine hours. They didn't drink enough. No. They need enough. And like she rode Corkscrew once and was like, I want to ride Corkscrew again. Which take that fucking ride yeah, out of the park. But she was worst. like, I want to ride Corkscrew again. Okay, that's fine. So we rode Corkscrew once and then like we were in Camp Snoopy for a little bit. She rode this ride that you spin. It's one of those ones you control the spin yourself. She went crazy. She spun a little bit too much. And then when the ride was over, she was like, Oh, I fucked up because she was like dizzy. So I had to carry her and stuff. But she was like, I want to go ride Corkscrew. Okay, so let's go ride Corkscrew. We're on Corkscrew. We go up the lift hill. She's fine. She holds my hand and like pretty tight. So we go up the lift hill. Fine. Go down the lift hill. So all corkscrew is lift hill, small hill, loop, turn, two corkscrews, rides over. It's probably 45 seconds. Yeah. So we go over the lift hill. Fine. Go over the bunny hill. 
fine. Go through the loop. She's limp. She's not grabbing my hand anymore. I look over. She basically is fully leaned forward into the harness with her head almost like in her lap. And as we start going through the corkscrews, her head is just banging back and forth off the restraints. Blackout, just completely out. We hit the brake run. I think awake. that's what wakes her up. She doesn't know what's just happened. She yep. doesn't know that she was out. I mean, it was just like a quick thing, like a flash knockout. But we were like, all right, you're 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 done. You're pretty much done. Yeah, that pretty much finished us for the day. Yeah, because she was, uh, again, it could have been a number. She could have just worked herself up so much. Yeah. Even though it was the second time she wanted to ride and stuff, she could have just maybe worked herself up so much that she just kind of, because like, when you pass out like that, typically it's like a, a blood sugar or a blood pressure thing. Yeah. And like a blood pressure thing, you just work your blood pressure up so high, you're depriving your brain of oxygen and you just pass out. So yeah, that was that was pretty scary. It's a hot day. Everybody, note to you guys, best thing to do, spend a $20 on the refillable yeah. water bottle thing. Uh-huh. Best thing we ever did because it was like a lifesaver yeah. that day. Yeah, it's great. You can There's stations all over the place. Yeah, you can stop, literally get a drink anytime, every 15 minutes. Yeah, every 15 let you get. minutes, you just to scan it but yeah that's the way to go Twenty three thousand steps i put in that day i was about that i think i ended up with like 25 26 but we stayed probably an hour after you guys yeah we just decided to drive home we stopped at like a shaved ice place and i was like i'm tired let's just get the fuck home yeah you stopped at a shaved ice place that's cool we saw we were gonna stop at culver's we did we in avon but at that point, she, because of everything that's happened in like Maui and my girlfriend spent a lot of time in Maui, for a couple of vacations there. So she loved 808 Shaved Ice, which is from the island. So they had an 808 Shaved Ice in Avon. And I was like, what's the big fucking deal? It's compressed yeah. ice with shit on it. Compressed ice. Yeah, it's whatever it is. It's <laughs> shaved, compressed, whatever gives a shit. It compresses. She's like, this is different. I'm like, yeah, whatever, bullshit. So I try it. It's really very good? different. It's yeah. a weird texture, but it was really good. Tickets, if you buy them online i think like 45 bucks do that bought a parking pass parking's 30 dollars. yeah so you're 75 bucks in that only includes your, your ticket to get in the park fast pass 125 bucks includes almost nothing yeah don't get it in order you can only ride like the rides basically that we opened yeah or uh, did it rope drop you have to get fast pass plus which 175 dollars yeah. so you're pretty much at 250 yeah before you even walk in through the door at that point buy a platinum pass and fast pass is annoying because the only ride we really had a problem with we saw people f- i mean if you buy the fast pass, you have to use it. Yeah. But seeing people fast pass corkscrew, corkscrew off. it's like, and then we just wanted to kill people that yeah. were walking fast. Pass but when Val we were on Val Raven, there were as many people almost in the fast uh. pass lane as there were in the regular lane. But some of these, I will say credit to the ride ops that we did. Oh encounter. yeah. They did great. Fuck the people at steel vengeance. This dude's booking like boom, boom, boom. They dispatched a train like every 20 seconds. Yeah, it, was it was crazy. Awesome. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So on the theme of overpricing. Yeah. Oh God. It's so we Take, we take the ferry to Putin Bay, yeah. but we took the, the Miller ferry. So there's the yes. Jet Express, which the Jet Express will cost you like $100 round trip yeah. if you're a family or whatever. But the Jet Express will bring you directly downtown. The Miller ferry will bring you to the island, yeah. but then you've got to get downtown. Now, after seeing it... And we've never been to Putin Bay, so we didn't know. Putin Bay. Putin Bay, we're not yeah. Russian. You would have to... You could probably walk it. Yeah. Probably. But if you're drunk... And if it's a hot day, Ugh. I mean, you could probably walk it. I don't know. So your options are walk, bus, bus, $3 bus, taxis, yeah. rent a bike, rent a golf cart. Yeah. Now there were six of us. 
golf cart seemed practical. Yeah. All right. I asked my wife, she loves to spend my money. And she <laughs> said, I said, what's the limit? How much? I said, there's six of us, you know, cause like we said, like, imagine me, you and some buddies went to yeah. Bay and got six of us on a golf cart and it was 120 bucks. I'd do that. Yeah, I'd say perfect. each of us pitch in 20 bucks Maybe. for a golf cart. Excellent. Perfect. The thing we learned about the golf carts. I asked my wife, I said, what's, what's the limit? She said 140, 150. Okay. Yeah. I'm a bit rich for my blood, but yeah. okay. All right. Whatever. We wait 5, 10, 15 minutes. I don't First know off, there is no menu or sign no. saying how much shit is. Right there. There is the warning shot. There's the warning. If there is no pricing, it's like going to a restaurant and the menu has no pricing on it. Yes. You know it's pricing. Yes. Before we even get up to our window, another window just like randomly opens and your girlfriend goes over and she asks and says, how much is it for a six person car? It's 240 plus taxes. <laughs> yeah, plus taxes. So you're like 270. You're at like $270. <laughs> Fuck off. For and we stayed at Putin Bay like four hours, yeah. three hours, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, two hundred and seventy bucks. We took the bus, which was three dollars a person. Like five minutes down the road, three dollars a person. We paid for round trip, so six dollars a person. Yeah, took a five minute bus ride. Putin Bay, it's whatever. It's whatever. I mean, if you guys are going to Putin Bay, you don't need a golf cart because no, there were just so many golf no. carts parked up That's there. That's the thing too. You don't need them. And most of the golf cart spots specifically indicate four person golf cart. Yeah. So we would have been had a six person golf cart. We probably would have had nowhere to park it. Yeah. Ton of bachelor parties or more so bachelorette parties that we saw. If you were a single man looking to get laid. Yes. You're golden. Tons of stone cold shirts. Tons. Lack of lights in the world's longest bar. That needs a bar rescue. Beer Barrel Inn, I think it's called. Yeah, it's. Uh, is the world's longest bar, which is basically like a snake shaped, like back and forth bar that's a continuous bar all the way across this place. But Kevin and I walked in, the lights are all off, and it looks like There's a like candidate for bar rescue. Three people in there. And, and we like, looked at it, we're like, yeah, we're good. We're good. We nope. don't need to get a drink here. Like this. So we went to a, uh, I wanted to get, I'm an IPA drinker. I wanted to get an IPA from the brewery. They have a brewery on the island. They didn't have the IPA. Nope. It's like, you brew it yourself. Why don't you have it? <laughs> Motherfuckers. So it's it's not that I wouldn't have drank something else. It's no. that their other beers were seven and eight bucks. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to pay seven or eight bucks just to like. No, I'm not paying six bucks for a Corona. No. So I think I could go there and have a good time. I'd rather go to the island. It's 20 minutes beyond that. Maybe there's yeah. less people there. Right. But yeah, I, I mean, I think if you're into like nightlife and stuff. I yeah. bet at night all those bars are all lit up and open. I bet but it's, it's pretty fun. We didn't expect it to be so small. It's yeah, really small. Right. Like, it's really small. To it me, Geneva me of, on a lake looks bigger. It is. It, like, uh, it reminds me of Andover. Yeah. <laughs> like the middle it of does. town there. Yeah. It's basically like what it is. Like if yeah. you cut out the middle of Andover where all those little stores are in that middle park that's part. That's Bay. And then you just put it out in the water. Like yeah. that's what it is. I just think Putin Bay is very overrated. Very overpriced. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure there's some good food there. Like everything we had was good. It was all right. We ate it. Was it the boathouse? Yeah, there was like the number one rated. Yeah, and it was fine. It was, okay. it was, it was good. We had uh, not the best service. No. But um, they were quite busy. We didn't realize how big the place was. Yeah. We thought it was like kind of just where we were. What the fuck? No place. And then you're like, oh, there's an inside. And it's like, oh, there is. Yeah. Oh, there's an upstairs. <laughs> oh, that whole, whole other section. Oh, goddamn thing. It was a giant place. So yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I would and, you know, go back eventually. But No I, rush. No, but I think it's also like, I don't know, depending on, on who you're with and what you yeah. want to get into, yeah. you know. If you want to just go and hang out at the beach, because we didn't see the beach from where we're at. No. We saw their version of, like, the Washington Monument. Yeah, Commodore the, Perry. The Commodore Perry Battle of 1812 thing. Yeah. Didn't see the beach. Yeah, but I, I think there's there's probably cool places to eat. There's probably some other things to see. Yeah. So it could be all right. You go have some drinks at night but you know just for what we were there for basically just to like get a lay of the land and check all that stuff is better when you kind of go and scope it out and know what to expect yeah. and then the second time you go you sort of have a better you're more comfortable yeah. you better idea so glad we didn't piss that money away on the golf cart no i would have been very upset. I been irate if we were spent that money on the golf cart we were fucking staying yeah no shit we're gonna move in there where's yeah. <laughs> this is my golf cart now i'm living on the fucking i'm driving house. it onto the boat <laughs> i'm taking you. it with me all right well to be transparent parent i can't remember the last time we recorded a standard episode it's been a while i, I honestly don't like because, last week was the remaster yeah the week before was the swim short uh so it would have been man it's been a couple weeks yeah at least i mean i feel like we haven't done this in forever yeah. because we've just i was in oklahoma tulsa weirdest city ever i'll save that for i'll save that for something uh you know here in the near future yeah and tell my tulsa story but um yeah so i guess uh thanks for sticking with us and uh we're gonna have something else for you next week got some special guests coming up but yeah stay tuned to all the social media pages to to see when and where that's happening and until next time silencia